you are listening to Open Mic Friday Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. Today's date is August the 21st in the year of our Lord 2020. And because we're not in the studio, we're unable to take phone calls, but we certainly can respond to emails that we received. I got one uh, email. They knew I'm working at KFUO, and I opened it up, and there was a check for $600. And it said all I had to do was put it in the bank. And then I did have to pay it back. It was a loan. It was not a gift. So what I did, I turned the paper around uh, to see what the details of this loan were. Maybe it was only 5 or 6%. That'd be fine. And during this uh, virus, of course, we're not receiving as many contributions as we would like to have. Uh, listen to the end of the program, how you can contribute to law and gospel. So I was somewhat enticed. Let's put that 600 in the bank. Turn the sheet over. And in small print, it said that the interest rate was 125%. In other words, not only would I have to pay back the 600, but within a year, because I would be paying partly back each month, it was an additional $400 to pay. Well, that's ridiculous. You really need to be careful these days that people don't get your social security numbers, that they don't send you checks you cashed, because just by the cashing of them, putting them in the bank, you're agreeing to pay back the loan. So that's one email that, well, I'm not dealing with. Second email, Pastor Tom, do you ever think or feel that we're going into a modern-day Babylon. Well, that's kind of interesting, a modern-day Babylon. We remember from the Bible, the Babylonian captivity, when Israel was conquered by the Babylons and taken into exile. And, of course, they were in slavery for a long time. Finally, they were permitted to go back to Israel in an attempt to rebuild the temple, which of course was nothing like the original. And there was a, a lot of feelings on the part of the Israelites that, boy, this is terrible. But it was due to their false worship of idols. Instead of them being a message to the people of their day, they instead listen to the message of the people of their day, Canaanites, etc., and became influenced by idolatry. And so God wanted to save them and brought them into captivity in order to wake them up. It was a use of the law. That's why we call the program Law and Gospel. And the law was showing them that they had disobeyed the commandments, including the first one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. So that's the second email. 
Uh, Babylon, by the way, Martin Luther used that imagery to talk about what was happening in his day. He compared the church in his day, particularly the papacy, talking about the necessity of good works, of having to do penance, also of going to purgatory. And he clarified what the Bible had to say, that we're not saved by any of our good works and considered to be involved in a Babylonian captivity. Well, are we in a Babylonian captivity today? There are a lot of people who are leaving the church. Now, sometimes I would leave the same churches because you're not hearing the message, and we'll discover that in the next email. But the fact of the matter is, is some of them are leaving because good churches are talking about morality in a way that the world doesn't like hearing. They like to do abortions. They like homosexual activity. They like living together before marriage, all all kinds of things like that. And of course, they feel guilty when they go to a Christian church teaching against those items. So in a sense, one can say, yes, we're also in a Babylonian captivity with many of the people in America and throughout the world not recognizing the truth of God's word. And so the church needs to be about the message. But what is that message? Well, that's our next email we want to take a look at. And it's an email addressed not only to myself, but also to Pastor Wes Reimnitz, because he's always with me on Rumination Thursday. The past few weeks, we've been talking about worship nightmares. And what we mean by that, it's a nightmare, not so much for the people in the pew, but for God. Because the people in the pew think what they're hearing a lot of times is what God is saying. And so they react either in applauding it, like thinking that they're not as sinful as proper churches teach, or rejecting the message and leaving the church, becoming a nun, N-O-N-E, someone who has no denominational affiliation. So this email begins, Dear Pastors Baker and Reimnitz, This email was generated by your rumination program about worship nightmares. I admit I am a female and not an ordained LCMS pastor. However, both of you, through law and gospel, have contributed to my education and passion for Lutheran doctrine in its scripture-based purity. When discussing worship nightmares, you have educated your listeners about some errant practices in church and other bodies. However, we have some of those same practices going on, and you have both motivated me to educate a couple of church workers recently 
who have violated basic doctrinal principles through Bible studies and devotions. Now, what she's about to talk about is if you listen to a radio, there are uh, a number of individuals who give devotions maybe every day. Uh, She writes to one of these individuals who generates these devotions. And she says, the issues I address with him are the same issues I addressed with the other person mentioned above. It is my prayer that I correctly reflect the doctrinal principles as you have taught them, uh, referring to myself and Pastor Reimnitz. So why am I writing this email? I want to say thank you to the both of you for educating me and hopefully completely on what you are accomplishing through your law and gospel ministry. If you think it is appropriate for lay people to be doctrinal watchdogs and defenders, maybe you could encourage other listeners to be individually proactive in doing that. God's blessings and my appreciation. So she sent me the letter that she had sent to the individual who does daily devotions on a radio station. And here's what she writes. I realize it is very challenging to generate a devotion on a daily basis. Given that, I would like to share with you some thoughts about devotion writing based on what I have learned through a CPH. Now, that's Concordia Publishing House, the publishing house of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And she says, through a CPH, writing for the church workshop and from listening to law and gospel on KFUO. She continues. Here's what she learned. LCMS doctrine and writings need to be centered on what Christ has done for us. You will note that is indeed done by portals of prayer writers. And I'm interrupting right now the letter. Uh, We used the lady who wrote the August issues of the Portals of Prayer. They were really quite good. I'll remember a number of them because she had things in the Portals of Prayer that you often don't think about. Uh, The one that really hit me was she was talking about the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son and comes to us. And she talked about the word proceed. And she said, you know, that is something that, for example, when you have uh, maybe a bazaar sale at the church selling clothing or something like that, somebody may ask you, well, what were the proceeds that we got? And 
we're talking about what were the profits that we gained uh, for the church from selling the clothing or the food or whatever. And she made the point that the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the proceeds from the Holy Spirit, are the blessings that we receive through being baptized and receiving the Holy Spirit. It was really very good. I had never thought of the term proceed in that sense. And we actually talked about it on KFUO in greater detail. But she says that being centered on what Christ has done for us is done by portals of prayer writers. Back to the email to this individual who attempts to generate a daily devotion on the radio. Your devotions tend to omit this basic step. Although Jesus is referenced in your closing prayer, almost like a postscript, your devotions are Bible-based, but usually not gospel-based. That is, Christ-focused. Boy, that's a great distinction that she makes there. Bible-based versus gospel-based. A lot of people don't know that distinction. But we, uh, Wes Reimnitz and I, and I've talked about this, CFW Walther talked about in Law and Gospel. Mark Smith and I talk about it when we look at hymns. And of course, I talk about it when I do the daily readings for the following Sunday. What do we mean by the difference between Bible-based and gospel-based? Well, you can do a whole lesson on the Bible. Let's take the lost sheep. That Jesus says a shepherd goes out, finds the lost sheep, brings it home rejoicing. Well, that's just telling what the Bible says. There's no gospel if that's all the sermon is going to talk about. And it really gets bad when the preacher says, what is the application? You need to go out and find the lost sheep. You need to bring them to church. That That is totally wrong because the lost sheep is about Jesus as the shepherd who went out and found you. It's about justification by grace through faith on account of Jesus. It's not about evangelism. You want to talk about evangelism in the sermon? You go to Matthew 28, and we've talked about this. Namely, what we want you to do is to make disciples of all nations by baptizing and teaching them. So that's a great statement in this email uh, to this writer who attempts a daily devotion on some radio station. Your devotions are Bible-based, but usually not gospel-based. And she has in parenthesis, Christ-focused. And she talks about a particular devotion that she had heard recently. Missing was the key reference to our worthcoming 
because we have received the gift of Christ's robe of righteousness and sainthood by means of the Holy Spirit because of God's grace to us through Christ's redeeming, justifying death on the cross and his resurrection. Uh, Apparently, and this is my statement, the devotion was about what you need to do to feel worthy before God. And she's making the point, no, we are worthy because we have received the gift of Christ's robe of righteousness. This is a huge point we make on law and gospel. Uh, And we, we made it a number of times that every other religion in the world is based on the righteousness you do in order to be saved rather than righteousness that God has done. In fact, she kind of quotes Wes Reimnitz in the next part. She says, uh, another LCMS, and she's referring to Pastor Reimnitz, distinguishes a do rather than a done approach. In fact, he talked about that on yesterday's Rumination Thursday. She says, talking back to the writer who's attempting a daily devotion, your devotions tend to be heavy on what we need to do rather than on what we receive because of what Christ has done for us. The way Pastor Reimnitz does it, he talks about the difference between a do religion with all kinds of things we have to do versus a done faith where Christ has done everything. You see, when we baptize a baby, and we're going to be baptizing two children this Sunday, it's not that that's something I as a pastor am doing. No, It's because of what Christ has done on the cross, given the gift of righteousness to every believer. So in baptism, they get the gift of faith, and they also get the gift of the remission of sins, and they get the gift of the gift of the Holy Spirit. So she wants this writer who's doing daily devotions, not to be talking so much about do, but rather done. She continues, my prayer is that you will consider these two points and incorporate them in future devotions so you increase the spiritual impact you have as you reach a large audience of people with your devotions. May God continue to bless the wonderful work. Now, this is really important. Uh, She signs her name, by the way. But we go back to her original email to Pastor Reimnitz and myself. So why am I writing this? I want to say thank you to both of you for educating me and hopefully complimenting you on what you are accomplishing 
through your law and gospel ministry. Now, here's the next point. If you think it is appropriate for lay people to be doctrinal watchdogs and defenders, maybe you can encourage other listeners to be individually proactive in doing this. And I can assure you that Pastor Reimnitz and I love to have lay people understand what a proper sermon is so it doesn't become a worship nightmare. It's to talk about what Christ has done. And every passage in the scripture has that goal. That's why I always met with my Sunday school teachers and we would go through all the lessons for a month. And the point I was always making is, where is Jesus? And until they understood where Jesus was in the passage, then they really weren't ready to teach the Sunday school kids. Uh, a lot of times, Sunday school teachers talk about Bible. In other words, as she was saying, that it's a great, great distinctions that she made between talking about just the Bible and talking about the gospel. Very, very important. And you can get your Sunday school kids to know all the stories, the historical stories in the Bible, but it's something else to tell them the gospel-based point of each story, not just the Bible-based point. In fact, there are other emails that I have received. We made a, a big distinction recently on uh, church nightmares, worship nightmares, where a lot of sermons end with French or salad endings, where the pastor says, may we or let us. And now I'm getting emails from people listening to sermons on the radio from other preachers where they end with a salad or French ending. And that's what I had been criticized by Dr. Martin Charlemagne, a member of my congregation early in my ministry within two months after I got there. And he was saying, you do good law gospel when you do the sermon, but then you end on a law note. Therefore, may we begin to follow what Jesus has said, giving the impression that that not only will make joy in heaven, but will also guarantee our salvation. And I agreed with him. So my sermons always end on a gospel note. They don't end with a French or salad ending. And the gospel note is thanking Jesus for what he has done rather than what I am to do. So I encourage every layperson listening to this program to be listening to other programs, other preachers. They don't have to be Lutheran. And you will hear them talking more about what you are to do rather than what God 
has done. And that's not a proper sermon. It's instead a sermon giving the impression that you can actually do something in order to be saved. And that is not possible. So I often thank Mark Smith, Wes Reimnitz, and others who are on Law and Gospel with me in order to make it clear, as the rest of KFUO does, uh, listen to issues, etc., and some of the great speakers they have on there, and the Bible studies on KFUO, because there you will be hearing what are proper sermons, what are proper Bible studies, and what is the proper application for a Bible passage. And so we'll be talking about that again, God willing, on Monday, when we'll be taking a look at one of the readings for the following Sunday in preparation for a sermon that will give us not only what the Bible says, but also what Jesus has done. I'm Tom Baker. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in again to hear this good news. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.